Luxembourg has done a lot of really good things about the, uh, the infrastructure, the data centers here, state of the art. In the cargo industry, it's book, fly and pay, yeah? <laughs> yeah. I'm really, really proud of, uh, we did uh, the IATA hackathon and actually we won the, won the prize. Well, won two prizes, actually, for the one record uh, implementation. Hello and welcome at Logistics Conversations, the podcast of the Cluster for Logistics Luxembourg. Every month, Logistics Conversation will allow you to discover interesting and passionate people from the world of logistics and their projects. Logistics is essential in Luxembourg and we want you to have a look behind the scene. Uh, good morning, we are in Canton today uh, with Champ Cargo System, uh, which is a leader in systems that power air cargo and uh, global trade. It has been created in Luxembourg as a spin-off of an airline and has a global presence now. They offer enterprise applications for carriers, uh, handlers and forwarders and we are with Chris McDermott, CEO of CHAMP. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Malik. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. I'm very happy to have you here on the podcast because it took some time before we could find the right appointment. You are a busy person. No? Well, it's, with everything opening up, I'm trying to get out and see as many customers as possible. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Correct, a, indeed. Yeah. You, had, uh, you had a start which uh, was uh, Im immediately uh, interrupted by uh, the COVID. Uh. Yes, in fact, I joined right in the middle of uh, the pandemic. Um, I came here to Luxembourg about 18 months ago. 18 months ago. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe we can start with that. How would you introduce yourself to our audience? Well, I would say, uh, as you know, my name is Chris McDermott. Um, I would give you a bit about my background. I'm not from the air cargo industry. You know, my background is actually largely in IT, uh, in telecoms and finance systems predominantly. Um, I, the company I worked for, uh, companies I worked for previously, uh, did things like uh, Pioneer text messaging, for example. Um, so, was in industries that went through a lot of change. Um, I don't know if you can cast your mind back uh, to when you had fixed wire telephones, you know, internet separate, etc., um, etc. Et I mean, um, uh, and that whole industry went through quite a significant change. Why did that happen? Because people um, standardized. Yeah, um, and actually, when I came into the air cargo industry, I was struck by the lack of standards. Okay. Yeah, yeah. that's one of the things that struck me most. Um, so, as I said, in industries, I went through a lot of change, and um, you know, it's I think it's actually 15 years ago, probably in the next week, that the iPhone was invented. Correct. Yeah. 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 Uh, smartphone, as we call it today. Smartphone. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And, and it's. Um, you know, things like that, that once the standards were put in place, then the innovations come along, yeah. open up new new opportunities. And, um, and I think the same is true for this industry. I think when you start to look at the dots just now and start to join them up, I think this industry is on the brink of some big changes. Sounds like you have a lot of challenges. How would you describe what your company is doing? Well, as you, I think your introduction did it very well. You know, we are the leaders in uh, air cargo, uh, both for airlines and for handlers, uh, GSAs, you know, etc. So we uh, we're recognised, I think, worldwide, based here in Luxembourg, um, and uh, and quite proud of that. Um, How many people do you employ? We have about four hundred and twenty currently. 
mm-hmm. um, and we um, and we are actually spread around the globe. We have forty nationalities. Uh, forty. Mm-hmm. Forty. Yeah. So four hundred and twenty people. Forty nationalities. Mm-hmm. So talk about diversity. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'll just talk about our employees a little bit more, actually, because um, particularly proud of them because we, uh, you know, we've gone gone through the pandemic um, and adapted to new ways of working. Even our um, marketing team has done a great job in terms of switching from, you know, um, in person events to online events and and things like that. So embracing webinars and and things like that. So yeah, just as I said, really proud of our team here. That have done a, a great job in ad- adapting themselves. What is the largest crowd? Where which country you have the most people? I think I, I can't remember. Was it Indonesia or Philippines? Philippines, be- yes. We we have like most IT companies these days. You you have to have a blend of onshore and offshore, yep. uh, and and nearshore. And so that's what we have. So we have uh, about uh, almost two hundred people in the Philippines, about a hundred people here in Luxembourg, uh, and then the rest uh, UK. Germany and, and spread around the world. <laughs> I must say you're a member of the Cluster for Logistics Board and whenever we have our board meetings, uh, we regularly ask you the same question that we'll ask you now. Your tagline mentions air cargo and global trade. Uh, what is your perspective for global trade and air cargo these days? Well, I think if you look at um, what's happened over the last couple of years, people have actually gone to air cargo uh, because you know the... Uh, the shipping industry has suffered some uh, some big consequences of uh, blockades, not blockades, but um, things getting jammed in certain locations, etc. So uh, I think people turned to uh, air cargo, but also e-commerce was a big driver. Um, I think we all get used to ordering things on Amazon and, and, and uh, other online stores. So, uh, you know, and although 1% of global trade Goes through airlines, it's thirty-five percent by value, by value. And, and and therefore, and that's I, I can just see that growing um, by value because um, of the attractiveness of uh, e-commerce. I think the um, the other thing that's starting to happen now is more ca- belly capacity is coming available. So, so when you say more. How much do you think uh, uh, we are not back to where we were uh, two years ago? No, we're not back to where we were two years ago, but uh, interestingly, um, our area bill volumes are already. Uh, in fact, in the last quarter of last year, they hit the uh, 2000 pre-pandemic levels. And we're we're seeing, you know, first quarter always gets um, the Chinese New Year. You always right. get the impact of that. But I think we're seeing volumes being sustained. Back to yeah. 2019. Yeah. So could we say that air cargo is one of the winners of the pandemic? Oh, well, <laughs> I think it's a bit... <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not talking about taxing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about, let's say, from an economic point of view. Yeah, I, th- I think it's a bit of a mixed picture, isn't it? Because um, those, um, those airlines who did purely uh, air cargo have done very well. Like cargo locks. Yeah, so like cargo locks. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and a lot of other you know um, big airlines have have seen huge increases in their cargo volumes, and that was because there was no belly capacity. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we saw the the conversion of passenger aircraft into praters, etc. I think what we're seeing now is less of that, so they're easing off the praters as the capacity starts to come back again. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, handlers, though, I think, uh, you know, uh, probably had a more of a uh, tough time. Tough time, yeah. and and actually coping with the the peaks and troughs is is probably one of the big challenges with passengers coming back again. Um, so I think there's uh, <laughs> we're not mm. out of the woods yet. Mm. I would say. I think you started off with mainframes. Uh, if my if my memory of Champ is is the right one, and today uh, you just mentioned we are uh, much more probably on on uh, devices which are connected, and probably your service are more uh, also sold as a service or a service uh, uh, in the cloud. Uh, what are what are the changes since the creation of, of your company? Oh well, we've seen uh, quite a number of uh, big changes. Um, well, as you said, back here, but back then, uh, um, well, it was probably a mixture of technologies that were used. Uh, certainly, when Champ, uh, uh, the shareholders came together, um, the original business, had, I think, did have mainframes, absolutely, um, and has moved on, you know. And so, yes, we run in the cloud now, you know, um, and we are quite flexible about whether we run in someone else's cloud or we also have our own data centers here um, or we have capacity in data centers here in Luxembourg. Mm -hmm. By the way, I visited the, those uh, fairly recently, state of the art. Which uh, seems to have a good reputation when oh. it comes to security yeah, because uh, oh. cyber security is probably also one of the, the challenges you guys have. Huh? I was really, really impressed with the uh, quality of the data centers here. Um, I've been to quite a few, and these these were good. Um, security, as you said, uh, is also an important consideration um, because I, I I you know I know from my my background um, uh, that you can buy you know uh, they they sell hacking kits on the internet these days. So you always have to be vigilant and make sure you're defending yourself properly with appropriate security. And so we we also have a security center to make sure that. And and we monitor. You wouldn't believe the number of data points we monitor per day. Okay, it's, okay. it's uh, right. a huge number. Is is that is that like even a position in in your board or something? Uh, cybersecurity is that is that like a specific job of somebody who is only in charge of that? I have uh, someone here who reports to me, uh, who's the CISO, uh, okay. chief. Uh, well, he's the, he's the he looks after security for us. Okay. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, absolutely. It's it's mm -hmm. any business these days has to have someone in charge of security yeah, indeed and a team as well yeah we had a we had somebody telling us about the stand that's which come up uh, last week where there was the spring conference of the cluster for logistics yeah. and we had for the first time cyber security and when i could see some of my neighbors in the front row getting nervous when the the guy mentioned all the new standards which are still being prepared and upgraded and reinforced so yes uh, yeah yeah it's, it's, it's going to be a, an even more important job probably yeah. absolutely i mean it's um you can never take security too lightly. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, I seem to remember, I would like to talk a little bit about Chris as a person. Uh, I seem to remember that you wanted to write the book somewhere in your career. Can you <laughs> can you explain that? that? <laughs> Thank you, Malik. <laughs> uh, yes, I, um, I, I actually, uh, it was about 15 years ago, I took a break in my, uh, my career. I actually... Um, uh, and took some time off. You know, it was one of those uh, great opportunities to do something. Uh, so I wrote a list of things I'd like to, you know, experience, do, and achieve. Uh, and so I just started doing the list. Uh, and writing was one of those things. So I wrote uh, a lot, a lot of short stories, things like that. Um, 
I did the parachute jump, you know, uh, uh, okay. et cetera, et cetera, you know, scuba so it was diving. Like a sabbatical. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was, I was very, very fortunate to, to take the time then. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so uh, it's good that, pe that people know this. Now they can ask you for advice yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on, on combining personal career, personal life, and, and the career path. Well, it's, it's um, every every month here at uh, Champ, we we have a um, a teams call for all the all the employees, uh, all the staff, and I always start off with a question. Um, just to challenge the thinking, you know, make sure that it, you know their their brains are awake, etc. Um, and it's and we did a call last week, and my my opening question was: um, before Mount Everest was discovered, what was the highest mountain in the world? Yeah, I see. and people were scratching their heads a little bit, and of course the answer was Mount Everest. It just hadn't been discovered yet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so those are the sort of questions I I, okay. I asked just to make sure that people. You know, our, uh, our, you know, I've got the brains in gear, okay. etc. That reminds me of the two questions which my uh, president asks uh, companies uh, when we visit them. And uh, I think it's at least five, six years ago that I was here with our president, Carlo Thielen. He would ask you, what can we do for you here in Luxembourg? Well, actually, um, I think Luxembourg does a lot already. Um, I was quite struck by that, actually, when, when I arrived here. Uh, And I was uh, I was really grateful that Arnold, my predecessor, introduced me to yourself and the cluster for logistics because I think that's a, a great example of industry and uh, and the public sector working closely together. And, and I was incredibly grateful for that uh, because it gave me the opportunity to meet people, especially in the midst of the the pandemic. So I think that is a, a great example of uh, bringing bringing uh, parties together. The other thing that, um, you know, we're, we're obviously at this point, we've got the cross-border workers coming back again uh, next month. I, I think that's a great model as well. Um, so you think about enlarging the talent pool that's available. It, it's uh, Luxembourg has done a lot of really good things. Um, I mentioned before about the, uh, the infrastructure, the data centers here, state of the art. Uh, so th there are investments in the right things, I think, um, And uh, I'm, I'm very impressed with uh, with the way that works, actually. Okay. Maybe you haven't had the opportunity to see it yet. Uh, we had about a month ago, we had the Logistics Day, um, Zalo looks of the greater region here in, in the commune of Compton. And for that opportunity, we asked somebody to fly over, over your zone here, which is the National Logistics Center uh, uh, close to the airport. And so uh, probably you will see also your building. I haven't... I haven't Uh, taken notice because um, uh, it, it wasn't easy because the drone couldn't fly. It's actually at the water tower that the, the limit of uh, drone flying uh, is. So the first, second trials didn't work out and only the third one they found out how they could fly over the zone here. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> It's interesting. I, I was talking to uh, some colleagues at CETA and we were talking about innovation and uh, particularly around drones because I think You know, there, there are companies developing huge drones just now. Um, and I think, you know, um, I was saying to you just before we started the podcast about um, we've just relaunched um, our branding, etc. And one of the our taglines is, is uh, Air Cargo Reimagined. Okay. Uh, open, collaborative, innovative. Um, and, and I think when you look at the world that's emerging in terms of things like drones, um, 
my colleagues at CETA I was talking to, they were, th- they were thinking about how do you do air traffic control yeah. around with so many drones flying around. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if they're building drones the size of 747s, you know, that takes on a new challenge as well. So thinking it all through and starting to reimagine what the world in the future will look like with, with all of this technology, you know, it's quite a challenge. And, and I think getting our heads around it is uh, is probably, we should start doing that now, I think. Yeah. Let's dip, let's dip into, you gave me a keyword, innovation. Let's dip into innovation. So what are you working on? What are your customers asking you to work on on innovation? Oh, um, many things, actually. And, and that's uh, one of the other really good things through the pandemic. We've, we've kept our focus on innovation um, and making sure that we continue to innovate. Um, and we do it in partnership with customers. You know, we, we don't like to do things in the back cupboard somewhere. So um, things we're working on, um, uh, I, I have here in front of me uh, an IoT device, which is a printable IoT device, uh, for example. So we are uh, we actually put together an IoT control tower okay. that uh, will use data sources, both uh, our own data sources, but also external data sources. So if you think about things like uh, temperature control, um, we're talking to... Uh, in partnership with a number of our, our customers, both handlers and airlines. And if something goes wrong in the in the value chain and it gets to the consignee and they say, this has been out of spec at some point, where has it been out of spec? So providing that level of traceability, I think, is uh, is one of the things. And being able to spot where things go out of spec, particularly you know, things like on the ramp. So if you're using external data sources, well, what's the temperature on the ramp, you know, these sort of things. So bring in both internal and external. Uh, I'm not sure if you've also noticed, we, we've launched something called market analytics. Um, again, it's about bringing fresh thinking to the industry. In other industries, you have timely information about what is happening in, you know, uh, both for you and, you know, in, in your market, almost in real time. This industry gets data, which is f- four to six weeks yeah, later, okay. yeah? Yeah, which considering that uh, airports uh, like Shanghai and uh, other pl- places have been under lockdown, yeah, yeah, uh, that is quite a key. So the market analytics, um, actually, in Luxembourg here, we process probably around half the world's airway bills through okay. our systems. So it gives us great insight into what's happening. So we pulled all that data together and we're talking to our customers now about um, providing them with daily updates on what is happening in their markets. All right. Um, so it's and it, and because we are using airway bill data, mm. not uh, we're not using financial systems that report sometime later. This is real time airway bill data, and we can actually go down to some level of detail of, of what's been shipped where as well. So we've got access to some great data sources. So. Why don't we turn it into something which will benefit the industry overall? So probably you will be also looking for uh, using artificial intelligence and supporting people's decisions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we are uh, machine learning, AI. We're um, uh, looking at that as well. You have to these days because the, if you think about some of the challenges that the industry has just now, you know, labor shortages uh, in particular, Automation, you know, digitize and automate yeah. um, are some of the, the obvious things to do. And there's a there's a generational challenge coming up as well. 
So digital natives now outnumber people <laughs> who you know were not born with technology or being used to technology. So they they have expectations. Yep. So if you want to keep them in this industry, you have to start to meet those expectations. That's why we've you know we've also launched portals. We've launched our applications on mobile devices, okay. things like that. So and it's important, I think, that we do that. Mm. It's good that you mention it because um, we did a, we did a study um, the last uh, three months with the Ministry of Economy, and we tried to uncover what people are doing on their on their roadmap uh, to digital transformation. And I think the summary last week, uh, what we heard is uh, be bold when you when you create your vision, when you create your wishes. Uh, don't don't uh, start uh, don't start to transform everything, but uh, go for something which is large enough um, and linked to customers, so that you can immediately that the customers immediately have have an advantage. Uh, how important? Because I, I think that in the past probably you were very much more on efficiency, improving efficiency. Whereas today, with cost increases, people have seen all over. Um, maybe it's uh, more uh, resilience uh, the subject. Well, well I, I think you need to address both. Mm -hmm. um, you know, um, so you you have to be looking at things like you know, I, I tried to focus on what are our, our customers' problems. Okay. What problems do, do we need to help them mm -hmm. solve? Mm -hmm. And if we we do that, so there's as I said, staff shortages. There's now there's people being used to using mobile devices. So ours run on iOS okay. and, um, mm. and Android and things like that. So, um, and also using using technology for efficiencies, is, but also what are the new services? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, uh, new, new business models. Yeah, like, like I, mm. as I described. The other thing is that the, the air cargo industry, if you look at the air cargo industry and you look at the passenger um, side of things, we all get used to book, pay, and fly. Whereas in the cargo industry, <laughs> it's not quite that way, is it? <laughs> it's oh. book, fly, and pay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I, th I think uh, you know. So I, th business models, I think, need to shift as well. Okay. Yeah. So, so how how far do you see? Um, we sometimes hear this term "efreight." Uh, how far on the percentage would you see the industry when it comes to e-freight, to really digitization and less paper or no paper? Um, there are official figures and there are unofficial figures. Um, uh, the official figures will say, oh, you know, by, uh, by the end of last year we were at 75% e-e-bills. Uh, okay. um, I think if you look at the reality, we're some way short of that. Okay. Um, so one of the solutions we have, for example, uh, which we're just, uh, is uh, optical character recognition. Okay. So in all languages, including Chinese. Uh, well, we started with uh, we've started with English, uh, but we've also uh, will be looking at other languages as well. Mm. The the important thing though is to be able to scan accurately and yeah. and get it to a level where um, you're better than a human. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, correct. That. And, and we're already we're already reaching we're already reached those levels. So, so we're, we're, we're talking sometimes. Sorry to interrupt you. We're talking sometimes that when uh, uh, when a system sees Bordeaux, it doesn't always make the same link than when we see the the, the word Bordeaux. <laughs> yeah, yes. they could, could see for could, could think it's a city. Could <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that that link needs to be 
produced by by uh, manual uh, by automatic reading. Well, it's, it's incredible. Yeah, yeah, it's it's incredible way technology has moved on, though. Um, I mean, we all talk to our you know, devices in some way, don't we? Um, you know, uh, Alexa, you know, um, etc. So we we all get, we've all get used to dealing with technology in a in a different way. Um, yeah. And there's also, as I said, scanning is just a another use of technology to improve efficiencies. So I'm a great advocate of digitize early, yeah, and then um, and get the benefits of it. Mm. Do you have a success story which you would like to share with us? Oh um, well. I, I would say there are quite a few actually. I, I talked about our people, um, but on the on the back of our people, um, I'm really really proud of. Uh, we did uh, the IATA hackathon uh, okay. a couple of weeks ago, and actually we won the won the prize. Well, won two prizes actually for the one record uh, implementation. So that was a, a fantastic achievement, uh, and we also had a second team there doing a sustainability uh, solution. Um, oh, yeah. But it wasn't just that prize we won. We also won the diversity prize. Okay. Um, we mm -hmm. had a very diverse team there. Um, and as I said, uh, and I, I don't so know if you've all... been to a hackathon before, but you worked through the nights and yeah, all that. We've tried uh, and, to organize. Yeah. And uh, so they did incredibly well. And as I said, uh, so you're I, proud of your people. I can hear uh, that. Absolutely. You know, yeah. they, they did us proud. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Good. So that's a good success story. And, uh, Resistance to change. One one question on that one. How do you challenge uh, your customers, or how do you give them the confidence to be bold and do things differently? Well, I think it's uh, some of the things that we've already talked about. You know, it's mm. there's good business logic for doing it, for efficiencies, productivity, etc. That's that's one side of the equation. But the other thing is, as I said, about if you want to get talent, yeah, okay, the talent will be attracted by innovation. Um, what talents do you need? Sorry? What talents would you need? Engineers, IT, supply oh, chain, background, I don't know. All of the above. Uh, we, we actually bring in um, uh, IT people, but we also recruit from the industry. So we've got uh, a good, good level of cargo experience. And um, yeah, so we need all of, the, mm -hmm. all of those skills. Okay. Um, how do you compete globally being Luxembourg-based? Uh, I don't know where your competition is sitting uh, how do you feel that this global competition you're in uh, is being mentioned? Probably you will go back to talents. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm happy with you know the. Uh, how do we compete? Well, innovation. That's how we compete. Uh, we already have great solutions, but we, you know, we we have to keep as a product-based company. You have to keep innovating. Um, we have, well, we've got hugely talented people. Uh, you know, I, I talked about our, our new logo. Um, one of the things I, I called out on the logo was the fact that we the typeface is individualized. Uh, it's, um, okay. And, uh, and when I described it, I said it, it also um, reminds us of the individual talents that we have oh, here yeah. at, who come together, together collectively to, to actually make Champ what it is today. So it's, the, uh, it's that... Expertise and uh, and the and the innovation and the and I suppose the the drive to do things. We, we one of the things we have here is we have an innovation Wednesday every month. Okay. And my head of innovation chairs that, and he will go through 
the ideas. We've got an ideation platform. Ah, we got ideas from uh, from employees. Mm. In fact, it was one of their ideas that we took to the hackathon that ah, won okay. the prize. So, okay. what? so what? it's actually what? seeing it through, yeah, okay. as well. So, so you cannot ever slow down if you're a products company. Uh, Chris, uh, I think you come over very passionate. Uh, thank you for this good overview you give us about uh, car Champ Cargo Systems. Maybe one last question. Uh, what personal dream would you still like to fulfill or address one day? Well, as I said earlier, you know, I've, I've done a lot of things. I suppose I would, uh, uh, I would like to perhaps uh, get some of my stories published later. Yeah, that, okay. that, would, be a, that would be a dream. Yeah. Excellent. Okay, we uh, wish you a lot of luck with that one and uh, uh, thank you very much uh, for being uh, on our podcast. No, thank you very much for coming. Thank you very much. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Logistics Conversation. You can find our podcast and interview on SoundCloud, Spotify and of course our webpage www.c4l.lu. Thank you.